Imagine a hiking trail that doesn't have a start. It doesn't really have an end. What would that look like? Most people listening to this podcast will be familiar with the super long trails like the Pacific Crest Trail or the uh, Appalachian Trail or the Continental Divide Trail. All of these have trailheads, you know, start and an end, whether you're going northbound or southbound. Some people section hike. The American Perimeter Trail is a concept that was conceived by Rue McKenrick, a professional long-distance backpacker from the United States. Essentially, it's a 12 to 13,000 mile trail that circumnavigates the United States of America. It joins up with parts of some of the existing long trails, such as the PCT, the AT, the North Country Trail and parts of the Pacific Northwest Trail. But really, this is a brand new trail. There's parts of the country, and I mean thousands of miles of this country, that have not been covered by a trail. So Rue threw a bag on his back, left his house in Bend, Oregon, and attempted to circumnavigate the United States of America and develop the American Perimeter Trail. Sadly, in 2020, uh, not very far from the end, I think he hiked about 9,000 miles. Well, he did have about three or 4,000 miles left to go, but in the grand scheme of things, he hiked 9,000 miles. He unfortunately got sick, and he had to go back home and stay off his feet for a while. Doctor's orders. I caught up with Rue while he was on the mend in Bend. We talked about his hiking career and why he felt that the United States needed a giant loop trail. But this isn't just a trail. This is much more. This is also an effort to create a conservation corridor that circles the entire country. I really enjoyed my chat with Rue. Um, he has quite a story to tell. Um, and if anyone is going to develop a trail to this magnitude, um, I certainly will be electing Rue McKenrick for a job like this. So without any further ado, here's my interview with Rue McKenrick. So, Rue McHenrick, am I pronouncing your name correctly? You got it. <laughs> Rue McHenrick, thank you so much for joining me. Um, yeah, you've got a pretty impressive repertoire uh, of, of hiking trails um, across the United States, the PCT, the AT, the CDB, the, the Triple Crown, let's call it what it is, uh, along with the Long Trail and the GMT, and I'm sure there's plenty more that we can, we can talk about, but you're on a mission at the moment or you have been for the past few years um to create a new trail do you want to tell us a bit about that sure i'll just speak from the concept of the trail because in large part um you'll find some of this trail on the ground and then also in large part you will find areas where there is no existing footbed and I can speak more to my process, but essentially, I came up with a concept or idea to create what I call the American Perimeter Trail. It's a trail that I guess would roughly be between 12 and 13,000 miles. I'm sorry, I did not, I didn't do the kilometer 
it's okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 1.6. Um, Let's multiply by 1.6 and then we got it. Oh, great. <laughs> and so, uh, and it would basically be a conservation corridor that would follow the contiguous United States or the lower 48. Um, and it follows the perimeter of the country. And I refer to it as a conservation uh, corridor simply because the American Perimeter Trail Conference is in fact a conservation organization rather than what would only be seen as a trail organization. So part of the mission there is conservation through recreation. We're not the first ones to use this model. Uh, many other trail organizations, as we see them on their face, they look like a trail organization, with, but with some um, you know, more knowledge of some of these organizations, you'll find that they may even just be a political organization that is a trail organization on the front, or yeah. they're in fact a conservation organization that is using um, trail or access as a way of conservation. Okay, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I've noticed that with the, the Continental Divide Trail, that they, they would be a conservation organization as well as yes. just a trail organization. So what does that mean to the general public? So what that means to the general public is, uh, you know, I haven't done a lot of messaging around this. I mean, uh, I am hiking the trail. Um, mm. I hope to finish here in a couple months. And um, I never came to the approach here, as far as the public, as looking at it as a through hike, or in other words, um, hiking the entire trail that wasn't my that wasn't really what was on my mind i know uh in kind of like social media circles that's often how people speak of it but i just see it as a uh, conservation area that mm. has access to recreation that can be used by day hikers or people who want to go for a weekend um I myself am a professional long distance backpacker, but my expectation is not that everybody who wants to go on this trail is a professional long distance backpacker. Um, my expectation is this is a, a, a wild area where people can go and enjoy. And if you wanna spend a lot of time out there, like a year and a half or two years or three years, you can do that. <laughs> Just keep yeah. going around and around. <laughs> around and around <laughs> yeah i should say it's a loop so there's not a uh there's not a terminus per se mm -hmm. however i live in bend oregon and that's where i uh, began my hike from and that's where i will end so to me that's kind of the beginning and end but truly it doesn't have any so where where you said that this starts in your hometown um does this fo this follows part of the parts of the PCT existing trails that are are there, uh, the PCT, the AT, and parts of the North Country Trail, if I'm correct? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and to clarify that point a little bit, so during my actual hike, um, I use parts of the Pacific Crest Trail. You know, there is a question there uh, as to whether or not the PCT will be a shared corridor with the American Perimeter Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, that's to be answered um, mm. because I simply did not use the PCT the whole time on my hike mm -hmm. and I was not tied down to it and 
anyway. If there's other trails or other routes um, that I could hike, I use them. Mm -hmm. And just know, you know, on a lot of these long trails, I'm already a through hiker or I have through hiker like plus. In other words, I've hiked the whole trail and then maybe done it once again or parts of it or whatever. So as far as informing the long-term project, me going and hiking a lot of trails that I've already hiked is not informative. Mm -hmm. So during, during this trek, I tried to use trails uh, that I hadn't been on before. And in fact, I didn't use the Appalachian Trail. I used my own route. And I know this is a big uh, misunderstanding. I actually used my own uh, route through the Appalachians wow. instead of the Appalachian Trail. I didn't know when I started if I would use the Appalachian Trail or not. Again, I have probably 4,000 some miles on that trail uh, and it's only 20, it's only 2,000 miles long. So I had a lot of knowledge around it. So going forth, it made sense for me to use a different route that would be in, more informative with the project going forward and considering that maybe these other much lesser used trails like for backpacking really not used mm -hmm. much at all, could be an option for the APT. Also, when I approached the Appalachians, we, uh, a global pandemic happened, as you may remember. <laughs> but- um, It's not a good memory by any, by any means. <laughs> yeah, it's not in the past. So, um, but when I got to the Appalachians, the Appalachian Trail was uh, closed at that time for all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. uh, in order to, continue my track in a responsible and ethical way that I saw sort or I saw fit um, was using other routes where I wouldn't see any backpackers and I didn't. So yeah, just back to your question, um, pieces of the Appalachian Trail or Pacific Crest Trail or Continental Divide Trail, because I was on the divide as well mm -hmm. uh, for a bit um, and the, the North Country Trail all um it's just uh you know i have a attitude for having that much to track mm -hmm. here um and the apt uh uses some of the existing trails and uh and then in other places it's simply cross-country like for instance in arizona new mexico yeah. there was a lot of cross-country in the desert which just means it was public land so you can trek through there you can camp through there for free uh, you don't need permits, but you have to be able to route find um, compass, but there wasn't an actual footbed that I was tracking on. There's a place where the APT conference wants to put a physical footbed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I've listened to other interviews that you've done as well about uh, some of the, the, the bits of land that you've gone through is particularly in, in, in Texas, where I think you, it was mentioned that only 4.2% of the state is actual public land. Am I right? Oh, I would, I, I would have loved if it was even four, it would have been helpful, but it's more I like 1.2, I think. Wow. Um, and so, you know, obviously I got a lot of questions about how was that even possible for you to do that? I mean, mm -hmm. people walk and run across Texas. Um, and we have a joke here in the States that I hear all the time. And it's this uh, uh, joke about um, driving through Texas because it takes so long. And so 
you know, when anything's going to take a long time, someone might say, oh, it's just like driving through Texas. But walking through Texas takes a considerably longer amount of time. Um, and if you want to walk through Texas or run through Texas or bike through Texas, you can do that. The issue was I was specifically trying to find wild areas. And also I camped out every night. So um, I was looking for public lands to camp on and that was uh, nearly impossible in some areas. So going forward, I have a lot of ideas around Texas and how we can make that work. Um, and that's going to be a very difficult part of, uh, of this project going forward is going to be that those areas that don't have public land. Okay. So, and um, it's a slightly off topic, but it kind of relates to it is, is, is around international hiking. And, and the reason, the reason for this is because it, it rules around use of private land is, is a little bit different. Like in the UK, They've got the right to roam and they have partnerships uh, with, with landowners and farm owners where you can, you can use these public footpaths through, the, through, their, um, through their land. Well, first part, have you hiked internationally? Have you ever uh, gone to Europe or uh, Australia or anywhere else to, to hike those the trails? And two, um, would you try to see if you could adopt um, rules and regulations like they have there into somewhere like Texas where it's going to be up and down uh, through the entire state whereas if you have these agreements you might be able to beeline it through the, through the entire state. Yeah so the way that and I, ha I have spent a good um, amount of time in Western Europe um, I'd spent a couple summers there uh, and some of the differences uh, there's so many similarities and then there's some things that are generally different. I mean, the similarities are um, just that both of these places have uh, beautiful areas, natural areas that still exist in which we can trek because not everywhere in the world has that. Um, but some of the differences are, um, I think, uh, why there has been there's been attraction to some of the American backpacking in the last couple of years. Um, I think some of that attraction is it's so um, lightly regulated. So mm -hmm. in other words, um, there's large tracts of land here where um, they have guidelines, but they're very simple. They're like camp a thousand miles away from, or sorry, camp like a thousand feet or, or um, I don't know, that would be like maybe 35 meters or so from uh, water and from a road and don't stay more than whatever it is for that national forest, like eight days. Yeah. Well, if you're backpacking, that's no issue because you're not going to be, you're going to be using leave no trace practices and um, you're not going to be held up in an area for too long. So you don't actually need a permit or let anyone know or get permission and you can trek those areas. So, uh, and but not all these areas are developed as far as trail systems. So that's part of the work that I'm doing. So, you often find not as many permits, not having to uh, stay in designated campsites, because uh, again, it's just not permitted. Um, there may not be any designated campsites. It's just understood that uh, you should be using leave no trace practices. So often on 
the long trails here where you see areas denoted as uh, campsites. They're not official campsites. It's just saying there's a flat spot there that we noticed that some other people camped at, you know. Um, but as far as using private land, the other long trails in this country have done that, and they typically do that with easement agreements with private landowners. So, for instance, you maintain the you maintain your land, but you have an agreement that you're not going to develop it and that you're going to permit people to trek through this space. And sometimes they may have, uh, like, the landowner may stipulate, uh, okay, they can walk through the land, but they can't camp here. So you'd have to camp on either side of the boundary, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, as far as us going forward, uh, the best bet in the United States is to just try to use the existing public land. When you come into private land, uh, some areas are just almost impossible because it's too many working pieces. In other words, what happens when you have a small piece of land you want to go through, but you have a thousand landowners in that space? Mm -hmm. um, what you do find is that there are existing uh, two paths or timber roads or even railroads where the railroad has been pulled up that can be put into the pi public sector and then those areas can be used for trails but um i mean this is the if there's an expectation that this trail will be complete <laughs> when i complete it that's not the case. Mm -hmm. um, every long trail takes decades and they're constantly changing and evolving. If you look at the Appalachian Trail from 20 years ago, it's going to look different than it does today. I was going Yeah, this is the same for every trail. Yeah. yeah. It's, so um, I doubt many people will have uh, the hiking or walking experience that I've had exactly um, because some of the areas I just, I have alternates that I would use. Mm. Um, as opposed to what I actually walked. Securing that land is just so important. And um, the way that I find people are enthusiastic about this is through recreation and uh, through friendships and relationships with communities or uh, trail groups. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. And, okay, let, let's get to know you a little bit better. So, okay. What 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 was your first long hike that you did? Yeah, so just know that the definition of long hike for me, um, I typically think of long as like anything that takes a couple of days. But mm -hmm. as far as you know, um, as far as like a truly longer distance of like maybe what we're speaking about, it would have been the through hike of the Appalachian Trail. Okay. And that was uh, 18 years ago. Okay. Um, when I threw hikes that. So I went uh, northbound and uh, that's 2,100 miles. And so I went, uh, yeah, I took, you know, five to six months and backpacked that. Yeah. And, and was there, what, what was it that, that drew you to the AT? Was it, was the PCT as popular back then or is it, there, was there more infrastructure around the AT or was it just that was the trail? It was just a, it had to be that one. Yeah, this is my perspective. Um, I grew up on the Appalachian Trail. I, I currently live on the Pacific Crest Trail. So 
if you look at uh, a trail map of the United States, you'll see that the Appalachian Trail is on the East Coast, and then the Pacific Crest Trail is thousands of miles away on the West Coast. So I grew up on the Appalachian Trail, but I live on the Pacific Crest Trail now. So growing up, and when I say growing up, like on the Appalachian Trail, I mean right there to yeah. the point where at some point in time, my parents uh, moved to uh, like a mountain house and you could walk through the back of their property and you would hit the Appalachian Trail. Wow. So for me, it was something that was very much in heart. That was my like personal journey with it was I backpacking. It was going to be the Appalachian Trail because that was my homeland. Yeah. Um, the Appalachian is my homeland. Um, now, as far as popularity goes, uh, that would have had at that point in time, it definitely would have had an impact on whether or not someone would hike the AT or the PCT, because the PCT even 16 years ago when I hiked it had, um, I, I don't even know what the percentage is. Uh, I hate to throw a percentage at you, but I'm guessing it's, it was um, uh, somewhere in the five to 10% range of what it is now. Oh, sorry. More completion first, starting, yes. yeah, starting okay. a long distance uh, through hike. Yeah. So, um, and I don't know what the completion numbers are there from that year to, you know, the current year, mm. but that's, that surely would have been different then. I didn't, I don't find that now. I find that the Pacific Crest Trail has uh, largely gained uh, a tremendous amount of popularity very quickly in just the last couple of years. Yeah. And I guess, you know, social media will be a major part of that. Um, but what was was the popularity growing before Instagram was a thing or Facebook was a thing? So I just just so you know, I threw out, uh, or I completed the Triple Crown before we had smartphones. Wow. So so we didn't have um, we didn't use technology. Uh, if you you could carry a phone if you wanted to, but it wouldn't work anywhere. And mm. all it did was place phone calls. You know, like it didn't take pictures or. Yeah. Anyways, you all, you understand. Um, so you could play a I, game of uh, I don't know Snake or something on your phone on your Nokia. I'm, I'm not even sure if we had Snake, but oh man. Uh, so just know that when I yeah when I hiked the Triple Crown, it was there just wasn't any well social media wasn't a thing mm-hmm. didn't exist or existed in some other form. So. Uh, I would say really, there, I mean, from looking at the numbers, it looks like there's two things that happened. Uh, the Appalachian Trail was the publication of Bill Bryson's mm-hmm. A Walk in the Woods. And uh, you can see a jump in the numbers of attempting through hikers. So I'm only talking about long distance yeah. at this point. So because um, millions of people use that trail every year, um, but you know, only so many attempt the long distance or a long section. So, um, and then I guess like, uh, that's what you see there. And then they have on the PCT what they call the wild effect. And that is basically pre um, Cheryl Stray releasing her memoir. uh, And then the subsequent movie that came from that starring Reese Witherspoon. So the kind of the numbers and interest in that. 
uh, it was, I, when I hiked the Triple Crown, friend, um, I remember meeting two people, I think, from other countries. I think I met, um, yeah, I think I met two people during that entire, you know, thousands and thousands of miles of hiking. Um, this, when I began on this trek on the American Perimeter Trail on the PCT, I often, I rarely saw Americans. Um, it was typically more uh, folks from Europe. Right. And uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I mean, I, who wouldn't? I mean, I just think that's amazing part of traveling experiences to get me to get to meet people from all over. And um, so things have uh, changed in, in, in that way in which uh, things that people have decided to do, I would say probably 20 years ago, even backpackers hadn't really heard of the Pacific Crest Trail. Mm. very much yeah yeah well i know we're a few thousand miles away here over in in europe in ireland uh but i, I didn't hear about the pct until when i really got i got into into hiking uh long distance hiking it, it still was another six months or so until i actually knew what the pct was i've heard of the pct or i heard of the it wasn't called the pct it was the P pacific crest trail i heard that Mm -hmm. But even at that, I just thought it was a, you know, a maybe a hundred mile hike uh, in oh, California. Sure. <laughs> like, sure. Little yeah. did I know. Um, yeah. You mentioned that you, 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 you're meeting uh, a lot more people on the, on this, on the APT. Um, and when you do meet people, um, and obviously, ultimately, eventually you're going to reveal that you're hiking around the entire country. What's their reaction? Well, first of all, I, I pretty much never reveal that. Oh. Um, I When I left to go on the APT, many of my good friends didn't know I was a triple crowner. Um, I've just been very private uh, until I had um, a reason, not a reason, uh, until I felt compelled or inspired to have that voice, mm -hmm. that experience and that expression be public because I'm the executive director of the American Perimeter Trail Conference and the creator of this. Uh, so a lot of what I disclose is fully based on my personal mission of what I want to spend my energy and time with. But uh, yeah, no, typically I just don't, I don't say anything to anyone. Um, on the APT, I was in non, what I call non-trail communities for most of it. And so those people um, wouldn't have had any experience with backpacking. They wouldn't have understood anything besides me maybe just being like a drifter or, mm. or um, vagrant or something like that. I mean, I was, um, I was stopped by the police over 20 times during this trek, or I have been so far. So um, it's not when you're on the long trails, established long trails, you don't have any of that. Mm -hmm. Everyone understands you're a backpacker, you're resupplying. But when you're outside of these areas, especially with the, the tension that's existed in the world at this point, um, it's someone may be asking what you're doing, uh, especially a lot of the travel was uh, around the uh, Mexico, United States border, mm -hmm. uh, where there's a lot of activity uh, 
And so, you know, often I got stopped there. So I, I want to answer your question, but I, I just, I typically don't explain it to people. And normally like, cause some of the time I would explain it and um, they don't believe me or it doesn't, it's not making sense. Like why someone would do that or what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So um, I typically uh, just avoid it. Um, I don't know what that says about me. I mean, maybe I have some growth uh, to do there. I mean, even on when I'm on long trails, if I'm on the PCT or the AT or something, I have backpackers um, tell me stuff about like um, like they're coaching me all the time because they like assume that it's my first night out or something like that. Right. Um, so they don't. They don't know any difference and I don't tell them when I'm with people. It, it honestly, it frustrates other people when I'm with them because they want me to uh, like, I don't know, get in a power dynamic with someone that I don't have any interest in of hmm. being like, oh, don't tell me about the PCT. You know, I'm a through hiker and, uh, yeah. you know, I just don't bother. So um, the reaction I, I really and then during the pandemic, uh, uh, during the pandemic. So for much of this trail, um, when I've been trekking, um, I haven't had any human contact besides a postmaster once a week where I get my resupply at a post office. So it's not like I was mixing it up with the public. Mm -hmm. um, I think people often, uh, I don't know, there may be some kind of sense that, yeah, I'm like going around the country and everyone is like starstruck by me or something like that but they don't know who I am and I don't offer that information so um at but you know that's not necessarily a healthy process and I didn't have a social media presence before I left to go on this trip and uh, I'm so grateful for it now because it's allowed me to do the work mm -hmm. um, that I'm doing uh, it's just been a, a very helpful tool and this process to get things moving a lot faster than than we could before but uh yeah i haven't i haven't been around um i wasn't on backpackers or i mean i wasn't around backpackers mm -hmm. uh, this whole trip so it wasn't like i was even meeting people on trail where they asked like what are you doing um i hiked and uh, camped with a backpacker uh, at the very beginning of the trip not the very beginning, but shortly therein. And I hiked with them for a little while and then I wasn't with anyone for the next 13 months. So, wow. um, and I didn't, I wasn't seeing anyone on trail for weeks at a time. So I don't know, that's a long-winded explanation. No, it's, but, it's, 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 a, but, it's a really interesting answer because uh, funnily enough, we've been talking, and I think it's been making it in, its way into social media and discourse. Uh, around the characters you meet when you're out hiking uh, on on long distance trails, and it's probably a little bit more prevalent over in the in the US, but we certainly do uh, see it in Europe a bit about the different types of people you meet. So you have the people that you're talking about, you know, that are you know you know how many miles did you hike today, or is this your first through hike, or you know the the gear nerds the um, the historian, all these different things. So you know you know you have a um the quiet one <laughs> well, <laughs> the monk well, yeah well the <laughs> it's just if you run into me on the trail don't be offended i'm not lying to you but if you ask me 
where I'm coming from, mm. I will tell you where I camped the night before. Yeah. That's pretty much as far as I'm going to go. People usually aren't satisfied with that and they push me further. And then I usually will disclose something. Mm -hmm. uh, it's new to me being more public about this. I'm don't misunderstand. I have gratitude for this because I don't care about a popularity contest, but I want to build this trail. Yeah. Um, I want to, I really do. And what we're finding through the process is that people um, want to hear about my experience. Yeah. I'm not very interested in it because I just spent the last, 15, you know, 14 months or so by myself talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, uh, you know, when reporters uh, will come and meet me or something, I always want to speak to them and ask them about their families. And they're like, no, that's not how this works, Rue. We're here to speak about you. And I'm like, but I'm so tired of talking <laughs> about me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I I'm definitely coming and being more public. And everything that I do, I, I, I just really believe in this project and, and what we're building here what we're creating um actually one of the things that I, I noticed on your blog uh, uh it was one of the earlier posts um that you you like to create characters and uh, come up with stories uh is it still something that you do or have you do you remember any of the characters that you, you came up with well i wasn't entirely aware of this um i've always written stories i've always written music yeah um uh but i wasn't really aware of the character thing because it's i spent a lot of my life alone and it's something that i was doing and not realizing that i was doing okay because i don't i don't realize i'm doing it until i'm around people so like for instance uh one time i had this opportunity to work with a very tight uh team of people and uh, we traveled a lot together and I found out like when we were traveling like in a vehicle or whatever we were doing that uh, I would often like be doing impressions of people we had just met at meetings or something like just I don't know just trying to have some fun before I die and uh, so I realized it then and then I thought I had stopped doing that but during this trek I started realizing that I do it more and I made the mistake of recording a couple of them because I was bored and uh, sent them to uh, one of the board members who I, you know, was in con you know, she, I was in contact with her a lot because of the trek because she helps me with all the coordination of that. And uh, so I would send her these characters and I didn't expect them really to come out in the world anywhere, but then she started posting them. So, um, <laughs> But it's like, typically, it's just people walking around in the woods. Uh, they have different dialects. That was the other thing that I, each time I would walk through another dialect in the United States, I would try to get it down before I left that area. Because sometimes they were happening, like, it would almost just be like people on other sides of the town, almost. Mm -hmm. Like this side of the town talks this way or speaks this way and the other side so yeah there was a like the southern united states has got so many beautiful wonderful dialects and so that was some of the time where i would spend like uh you know like 
there was a uh, gentleman who was a character that would, he goes up and um, he manages the sticks in the forest. And so he's got like a real deep drawn voice when he talks. And uh, he just goes up in the woods and finds some sticks. And then uh, I like to just do what I can for the environment. So, you know, I make some sticks up here. And he just kind of talks about uh, his time in the woods. There's a couple of different guys like that. There's, I mean, there's just things that come to me because I told you I, I, I was tired of speaking with myself. So sometimes I would have conversations with other people that I devised. Uh, yeah. So good. Like, and you can have so much fun with that as well. And, uh, you know, using different dialects that you just learned to uh, with the character uh, the, the the mannerisms and the maybe the personalities of some of the people that you met throughout the the, the trip it's a it's a really fun way of keeping yourself entertained when you have no one else around yeah it's fun and i you know i i don't think i any of it was real very controversial what i've done but uh yeah sometimes people don't understand you're in character mm -hmm. so um you could say and this is not my normal life like there's people um in my normal life that aren't going to quite know what we're speaking about they know of it but i usually do it by myself and so uh uh yeah i might make some comments in character that are not me yeah <laughs> and people will be like how could you feel that way and i'm like oh, but i don't that was a joke yeah <laughs> <laughs> um... yeah i highly recommend it <laughs> just putting yourself in the character and you can say whatever you want you can say whatever you want <laughs> um, especially when you're in the woods alone you can yeah. absolutely say whatever you like it's just you and this girl <laughs> um so what drove you to embark on the on the the project on the apt and yeah. um, you know you've 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 got as i said you've got a really impressive cv of all the, the through hikes that you've done um what was there a, a, a sense of discovery that you wanted to see these places or sorry I'll, I'll let you answer the question rather than yeah. more is in your mouth sure um so yeah i let me start here i never had any intention of ever through hiking the triple crown i hear that often now um more so than i remember in the past that's just my experience. I don't know, but I see, um, or I don't see people tell me about, um, like a lot of people, uh, promote, um, hiking the triple crown and, um, promote it online that mm -hmm. haven't really ever backpacked before. And I don't remember, I don't remember that being like a phenomenon back then. Like I'm going to hike the triple crown. I think, you know, most of the people I know from that time period, uh, they hiked a trail, had uh, a, an experience that they wanted to learn more about. And so then they hiked another trail. And then it's like, shoot, you know, you live in America, we have the Triple Crown. It, it kind of, if you hike one of the long trails and it's an experience that you're looking to have again, chances are, um, one of the three the top not the top three but the three that are the triple crown mm -hmm. more than likely you'll probably go hike another one and maybe eventually decide to do the third one 
but it's not necessarily a process of like I'm setting out to hike the triple crown. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know I was going to hike the triple crown until I was on the third leg. Like I hadn't planned out. I remember someone saying to me um, on my second leg of the triple crown, oh my God, you'll go hike the third and then you'll be a triple crowner and all this. And I said, nah, nah, I don't, I don't think so. I think I have some other backpacking I want to do. Um, and, but then it ended up happening anyways down the road. So uh, as far as like the inspiration for me has always been what I just refer to as the people and the places and the open spaces. And my travel is not about the destination and it's not that it isn't ever about the destination. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I look at a map in the day and I see that um, there's a place I want to camp that night, I'm going to try to make sure that I get there. You know, that's a deadline in itself. And if I decide I'm going to hike to this state or mountain range, yeah, I put a goal out there, but that doesn't mean that that's the whole intent. My intent at this point is mainly just a lifestyle. So I don't even really see like this last trek. I might call it a trek, but I usually don't call it a trip because it wasn't a trip from my normal life, really. It was just life. Like I was just doing this every day. It was my work, it is my passion, um, it's my friend. Um, so it's just more of a lifestyle at, at this point. But uh, there's this question like nature versus n- nurture, you mm-hmm. know, that uh, Margaret Mead posed. And I don't know. I grew up near the Appalachian Trail, but I have four brothers. None of them backpack. They grew up, you know, where I did the same. They do things that I don't have interest in. So I don't know where this comes, but at some point there was a choice to have an experience. Mm -hmm. It it was an experience I wanted to see further, learn more about and grow through. I don't know how many miles I've hiked because I don't count them. I'm not saying you shouldn't because it's very rewarding and it's Mm -hmm. fun, you know, it's great. It's fun, it's an accomplishment. Um, So it's not that I wouldn't do that, I just, haven't done that as much because it's just more the of the lifestyle and do you i know you just said that you haven't counted the miles that you've done exactly but do you know because i know you you had you you unfortunately had to stop biking in october and 2020 if i'm correct Mm -hmm. Um, where were you at that point in in the in the trail Oh, for the American Perimeter Trail, it was probably 9,000 miles in. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'll hike another two or 3,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for this trek. And, yeah. and when, when are you hoping to start that again? Um, so I'm actually, uh, you know, I meet with my doctor today. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I had the dentist this morning and now I have the doctor this afternoon. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I'm actually on a no training basis right now. So my doctor has ordered zero training. I'm not allowed to do any physical activity. So I am working in accordance with him to 
to um, find when we can resolve some medical issues that are going on. Mm -hmm. And um, I would put that at the end of April. Okay. Yeah, I okay. would put that at the end of the April. That's what we've discussed. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's just going to take some time. But yeah, it's a, it's a real bummer for me uh, right now because I, uh, I mean, I hike, I backpack, I, mm. I run, I bike, like I, I'm outside doing things and I ski and I'm being told for the time being just none of that. So Hopefully it'll be a short period of time, but yeah. it'll it will be enough to uh, continue on and be striving this spring and the summer. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I suppose it, it cancels out the question then of uh, you know what have you what have you been doing in the meantime, hike wise or exercise wise? I'm sure you haven't really been able to do much. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. When I returned to my home, I. Um, was very ill. Um, I'm not as ill now. I, I was extremely ill at that point in time, uh, but I continued to hike um, 10 to 15 miles a day, maybe, um, with weight, um, weighted hiking, so like simulating a backpack. Um, and so I just continued with that, but like I said, the recent orders I got from my doctor was just to cut it out. So I got in a couple hundred miles pretty quick um but so what would that be a week i don't know like maybe yeah close to closer to 100 miles a week or so of hiking mm -hmm. but right now it's uh it's a zero i mean i hiked i cheated this morning i did hike three three miles this morning but uh i'm telling on myself <laughs> that's so, all your doctor is not listening to this podcast yeah no no i hope not <laughs> yeah um so what, apart from finishing the APT and, and working on that to, to create this, uh, this, I suppose, ecological and conservational uh, corridor around the country, what has the future hold for you? Do you have any more long hikes that you want to do, maybe in America or abroad? Sure. So just know that I wear two hats during this process. Um, and the one hat is the executive director of the American Perimeter Trail Conference. So, and I didn't answer your question quite earlier. So that's what I've been doing since I've been home, mm -hmm. this training and working uh, on the organization. Cool. Um, so I wear that hat um, and going forth with that hat, we're building the organization. Uh, we're going to be taking membership as soon as we get our new website up. So that's going to be life's work. So I'm just in that for decades mm -hmm. now, working as part of that organization I formed. Um, and then the other hat that I wear is as a professional backpacker. And what does that mean? It just basically means uh, I make a living through my backpacking. People do that in all in different ways. Um, but uh, I would tell you, um, I, I'd say just check back in with me. I don't have anything in the books. Like there's going to be a lot of work when I return back from the APT in August. And so that may determine what happens. Mm -hmm. Do I have my eye on stuff? Yes, like absolutely. Do I even wanna be um, in the future? on certain trails, do I want to be a professional backpacker on that trail? 
because it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different experience. I've been both. I've been a recre. I've been recreational and I've been professional, and um, yeah, there's a difference there because the recreational was always uh, just money I'd saved up. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just money I saved up and my time. I work really hard during the off season, bank a bunch of money, and then go out during the season. And that's I did that for years. Um, and now uh, my responsibilities and the process here is a little bit different. So I would say check back in with me. I want to um, I want to come hike with you. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like check so, out the first trails. <laughs> So I would just say, hey, to everyone there in Ireland, um, it's definitely on my list. Um, please share your beautiful land and country with me. I, I promise you I will share mine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'd love to see you guys over here and uh, look for me being over there in the next couple of years. I'd really enjoy that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, once, yeah. We, once we can travel, it's, it's definitely on the books. I've been meaning to get back over to the States and, and, and do a long trail. Um, I'm not too sure about uh doing the bct just yet or any of the the, the triple crown trails but uh, certainly i will be will be over soon um, i would i would be yeah i would be so honored if you let me know when you're uh heading in that direction or making that decision mm-hmm. i don't think i'll give you any good advice but you can ask me so <laughs> <laughs> where did you come from uh my phone door <laughs> um speaking of advice actually so have you ever met anyone that has given you advice for this particular project that you're on so anyone that's you said that people run across texas all the time or um there's uh ricky gates the famous ultra runner who ran across america transamericana um or any there's plenty of people that done not this but they've done similar feats have you spoken to anybody that has given you advice uh, for this? Yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, the Buddha, uh, the spiritual guides, um, uh, the essence of nature mm-hmm. and the universe, uh, they help guide us in many ways. And they have certainly guided my journey over the years and, uh, so I heavily relate. Uh, I heavily weigh on that. I don't have dogmatic ideas around that. I don't even have supernatural ideas around that because to me, all of it is supernatural. When I when I look at this planet, mm-hmm. I, to me, it all seems uh, natural and very super. <laughs> so, um, you know, I I, I don't know if I. I would say that during this time, like I have reached out to some other long distance backpackers. Mm-hmm. Um, you could, I don't know that I'm going to bring up like exact people, but you know, maybe you could, you might be able to guess like some people I've had a little bit of contact with mm-hmm. as far as some coaching. Um, I will tell you that many years, 20 years ago, I remember a backpacker telling me, uh, don't leave your brain at home and I was like well that's dumb advice because like it's coming with me and over time I started to understand more of what they were talking about and it was the piece in which um, you have everything you need 
um, you already possess it and rely on that in times that you may need it. So no matter what happens out there, um, you'll be all right. You'll be okay, but you have to be collected. You know, you have to make decisions. You may have to make decisions in very trying situations. So don't lose your brain, you know, uh, have, have that approach to, um, to the back country because often uh, maybe there's more irrational behavior or something that the front country can absorb a little bit better because you have a home or shelter or food or, or a support network. But just knowing that depending on where you decide to trek that um, you have resources there and you should trust them and you should use your intuition in these situations. I, uh, another piece of advice I was told once was uh, stay the trail. I still don't know exactly what that means, but I love saying it to people like, just stay the trail, man, stay the trail. <laughs> but I think what it means, what I have found is if you want a, a lifestyle that is indicative of outdoor recreation or backpacking, then, then um, integrate that, integrate that into your lifestyle. Um, I live, when I'm not backpacking, I have a very uh, simple existence. Um, and what do I mean by that is I don't have a lot of entanglements. So I have a beautiful community of people in which I live and rely on, and I'm so grateful for. But as far as like, I don't have material possessions, um, you know, like I don't have a car or um, I I don't, I, you know, I typically don't have romantic relationships um, because it's not the experience I want to have right now, really. And uh, again, it, it allows me to go and hike something like the APT and, and be present for that. So that's been great as far as the long distance. Um, and my regular life is very physical. So I would recommend that. That's great preparation. How do I integrate that into my normal life? I just walk and bike a lot, like a lot, cause, and I love it, but then it's also uh, useful. Mm -hmm. uh, there's utility to it because I use it to get around to places to where I need to get to, and it strengthens my body. It helps me emotionally and spiritually connect to the earth, and, uh, and then it puts me in a much better place of preparation for a trail. I would, you know, if you're asking for advice, I really think that you're going to have to go through your own process. And I will be here to help people with that. But there are things that I can tell you that you must learn on your own. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, I'll give you a for instance, like one of those is over planning. Um, I just find that it's much more valuable to be prepared and my preparation was the Triple Crown. Uh, you know, I was going up for the APT. I was, you know, I'm hiking the APT and I had a lot of preparation in past long distance hikes. And then like physically, when I left to begin that trek in 2019, I was in the physical shape that I, um, you know, was gonna be conducive to like, hopefully not getting many of the repetitive injuries that backpackers often get. So 
you can plan a Pacific Crest Trail hike to no end. And then two weeks in, it's a complete joke because you've thrown out your entire plan, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. just make sure you're prepared, you know, hike and uh, backpack and uh, enjoy and love your time outside. And it will do you, uh, it will, the payback will be tremendous mm-hmm. uh, in the fold that you receive from that preparation work rather than that planning where you're spending your time reading other people's opinions all day, yeah. you know, go, go find your own. And I'm not saying that's not a bad resource. Like if I say something and I have an opinion, it might be useful for you. And maybe I did some of the legwork for you. Maybe I found out a hard lesson that I hope that you may not have to go through the whole piece of it, just part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause you have a different lesson that you need to learn that wasn't mine. So you can kind of skip that one and you have another problem, something else that's going to help you with your personal growth and development. But really the preparation piece and the planning piece too, um, some people have fun with that and then other people, it's just never ending. And, um, you know, just try to stay as present as possible before a big hike. Because even now I find myself already back on the trail, even though I'm sitting here speaking to you now, mm-hmm. my mind my mind wants to go there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's so true uh, for a lot of people that go and do these long, longer distance hikes, maybe not necessarily just the PCT or the, 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 the long hikes in the US, but even here, uh, you know, a, a hundred mile trail or a 50 mile trail even, someone will go and just do the trail without any kind of experience whatsoever, not even, you know, a, a walk in a local forest or, you know, setting up their tent in their back garden. They'll just go out and just because they saw a documentary or they, you know, read a book or something like that. It's like, that's, yeah, okay, I know exactly what I need to do. You do need to do a little bit of preparing. You do need to do a little bit of your own research. But yeah, you're, nothing's going to prepare you as much as being out there on the trail and just soaking it all up yourself. Um, Sir, yeah, the, the experiential piece of it. Hmm. Um, and that's where you move from reading other people's opinions and their experiences to finding and, and, and making your own. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why um, I'm not a gear snob. Um, it's weird. I'm, I'm not even really a gearhead uh, at all, I would say. Uh, now, do I have gear sponsors? Yes, I do. Um, but it's not, a, uh, it's not a large focus of my process. Um, and with that being said, it's very strange because I, when I threw hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, well, when I've hiked a bunch of trails, I've just used homemade gear. So homemade sleeping bag, tent, clothes, uh, um, stove, like, you know, everything uh, that, you, that you can possibly make um, to hike my trails. And I've enjoyed that process. And I've also enjoyed the process of learning about uh, what uh, new textiles are on the market and how people are doing things. It's all very fascinating to me, uh, the progression and getting to watch it. And, you know, where do we find balance? Are we so out of balance that we 
challenge ourselves to a point where we have a negative experience and maybe we decide we don't want to do that again. Many kids have a negative experience backpacking or something of the sort when they're a kid because they were with a, a leader who maybe wasn't prepared or knew how to manage the situation. And those kids never do that again. You know, that's it. You're, it's you're, like you're, yeah. talk, you're talking to a father who dragged his daughter across a hundred mile trail in, in the UK with who also himself did not have very much long distance hiking experience. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Um, they have therapy. Usually people start going when they're about 40 or so. So um, she can hash this out then. But, um, <laughs> but the, the point is that um, finding a balance between, uh, you know, having a, a, an experience that's not relevant, but just that is a progression in your growth, as opposed to one where you say, this sucks, I'm done. I'm no I'm no longer interested in, in growing in this way. So I think, you know, uh, find out where that is for you. And there is something to be said with uh, just jumping in to something, okay? Uh, there's no problem with that because you, you need to start somewhere. Yeah. You've got to start somewhere and I don't know where that's going to be for you. I mean, jump in somewhere, um, try to do it safely and just be aware of your own expectations. Your expectations are going to form that experience and they can either sabotage your experience or um, you can be completely delighted by them. So, sure. so the choice is, is yours. And um, I would just say, um, you know, if nothing else, you can, um, you know, there's this great thing in fascination in uh, romance with long trails. Like for instance, what we hear, have here with, the Appalachian Trail, you know, it's a national treasure. It's a gem and it's a piece of our history. Mm -hmm. um, and so you'll have people that just uh, are driving and they happen to drive over the trail and they stop and they get out of the car and they go and take pictures by the Appalachian Trail sign. And that may be the only experience that they have with that trail. And it's so fulfilling and delightful to these folks. And many of them that may be their only experience, but they're still heavily involved with a trail organization or a conservation organization because they see the value in it. And that is the way in which they uh, appreciate mm -hmm. and enjoy it and uh, conserve it for others. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, I think that's great. You know, two of our board members, I don't have any children. Like I, I've never been married to have kids. I'm not against it. I just, I don't know that anyone wanted to have kids with me. I'm not certain. Uh, I just never found, it, it just didn't happen. Let's put it that way. It just didn't happen. And so, um, but uh, two of our board members have little ones and they go on all kinds of amazing adventures. And I'm always uh, amazed at uh, how much even young ones are able to do really. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the, the flexibility and uh, uh, not, necessarily maybe having the human or the adult expectations the construct of how it has to be how it should be what it should be they haven't figured the whole thing out yet yeah you know and you get to i think that would be such a joy to get to watch a little one you know to get to see it through those eyes yeah well you know some sometimes those eyes are, are you know sprinkled with tears because they're yeah. finding it quite <laughs> difficult but, you know, you're dead right. I, 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 I spoke about this in an earlier episode of the podcast. 
uh, about that that trail that I did with with my daughter Caitlin. Um, it took us five days, maybe maybe a little bit more, maybe six days. Um, but I was so impressed by how far she pushed herself. You know, despite yeah. all the the tantrums and and the complaining, but she still did it. You know, one of the days she she hiked, what would it be, maybe seventeen miles, um, in in heat as well. It was it was a really hot uh, summer uh, in the UK at that point, mm-hmm. um, and I was just blown away. You know, <laughs> we walked down to the local park on on a normal day, and she'd be, well, when are we going home? And she hiked nearly 17 miles in one day. Uh, and I, I was blown away. But the, she obviously did the, the rest of the trail as well. And it wasn't just that day. So kids can do a lot more than parents probably give them credit for. Um, it's just, it's like what you said. It's when they're when you're having that experience. And this goes for everybody, not just kids. But when, when you're in there having that experience, you realize how far you can push yourself. You realize that, oh, I have the tools to do this. I, you know, uh, I'm, 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 the, I'm my only exit here. And if I keep going, I'll finish it. There's nothing really stopping me. My legs are working. My heart's beating. Everything's working. All I got to do is keep going forward. And I think kids, that, I think kids, they probably complain about it, but they, 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 they probably subconsciously know that themselves. Yeah. I, I have full faith in this next generation and I really appreciate you sharing that experience and also highlighting that your backcountry experience, the way that it is coming through your filter and through your senses can be very different from someone standing right beside you in the same place. Mm. And so we are called to this place for all different reasons. Um, I think for me, I would put a checkbox beside all of them um, and they would be, uh, cause I, I don't think I'm very singular focused in that way, but uh, uh, because we have uh, the romantic notion of the wilderness, which is more of, uh, we find maybe in the writings of Henry David Thoreau or, or John Muir or something of, of that sort and that kind of connection mm-hmm. to the backcountry. Uh, we also have another experience where maybe the backcountry is an extremely dangerous place in which we find ourselves, especially during a winter storm or something of that sort. So the challenge that comes through that, the physical prowess that it takes, mm-hmm. um, the emotional or the mental game that you play with yourself. Uh, these are all aspects I think that are equally valued. So, you know, how I I was living out there. So, I mean, did I come to every beautiful vista and go, oh my God, this is a beautiful vista. It, it changes my life. No, like um, sometimes I was like, oh, another stupid vista. Who knows? What, whatever, whatever it was. Maybe it was just, I really decided I'm going to push myself to do this mileage today and I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to push myself to back off of the miles and go slower but I can find a place in there that's challenging to my physical or emotional body that um, may not have to do specifically with the sensory uh, the sensations that I'm having directly in front of me it may only be an athletic pursuit Mm -hmm. to you 
I don't see a right and wrong in it. If you, if you hiked a long trail and you had a, uh, a epiphany, uh, some kind of spiritual epiphany, that a message you received or a vision, and you want to translate that and share that with the world, I think that's absolutely wonderful mm-hmm. that you were able to find that through that medium. But if you get on a trail and you say, I want to be the fastest person to ever do this trail and I'm not really a nature person. I just want to do this. And I want to say that I completed the trail that it, I have no issue. I don't see a problem with your purpose. What I, you know, I, um, mine is no greater than yours, but I holistically, I think that it's, um, pieces of all of this makes up the larger, the larger value that I have for these experiences and, uh, and certainly want to share them. And I want us to be kind to the land because I do not see the difference between the people and the land. They have, they are not in conflict. They never have been. Uh, the sustenance, uh, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the land in which we find ourselves is not in conflict with us wanting to prosper as an industrial society. Um, it doesn't have to be that way. There is another way. Mm-hmm. And so um, taking care of the land is taking care of the people. Great. Well said. <laughs> we are we are the universe experience itself. Um, we are all yes. stardust. Um, mm. I love it. Um, this has been fantastic. Uh, I really, really enjoy talking to you. Um, normally, I ask some cheesy questions, and I, I, I hope you don't mind me asking. Um, well, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it short. Uh, so, you, you, okay, you, you've you practically walked around the entire country. Um, so each state and each town and each county will have its own, what would you say, cuisine? Um, what has been your favorite meal on the APT so far? Gosh, I'm going to try to go quick here because, uh, just know that I mail resupplied during the pandemic. So there weren't any meals besides, uh, the normal stuff I got every week, dry food. Okay. So just know that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then second, also know that the last three or four months of the trip, I was barely able to eat. Okay. Um, sometimes right. only a couple hundred calories a day, maybe two or 300 calories a day because I, I was very ill. So when I think of food and that relationship, I'm like, oh, I hate it. Okay, I hate well it. done, Owen. But, well, you, brought but the, I, you brought the mood I, right down. <laughs> I hate it, but, uh, but, I, but I would say this. My favorite meal is often free um, and is... Uh, around good company i once said to someone like you know i don't even hardly go to restaurants half the time to uh for the food just for the atmosphere and just spend time with my friends and i thought they there was daggers coming out of their eyes you know they were a foodie and it was kind of almost like how dare you but the, <laughs> the best times on the apt has been meals where i've been invited into people's homes and i didn't care what they were serving but mm-hmm. the opportunity to break bread now I will give you, I will throw you a bone here though, uh, just for the conversation. Please do. I, I've eaten, I've eaten different diets. You know, I was a vegetarian for 15 years and then I haven't been, and I have been and different, different ways of living and, mm-hmm. and again, learning through that process. But on this trip, I was not um, vegetarian and 
I was in Texas and Texas is known for its barbecue. Oh yeah. So you have these like huge barrels and barbecue pits outside. So even if there's a restaurant, uh, it's not uncommon for them to be doing all of the cooking outside. So the restaurant's actually just a place to like sit and get a yeah. drink or something. But uh, the I was walking into this uh, small town in Texas to resupply and it happened to be my birthday and I was turning 40 years old and I walked past this barbecue place, which is famous all over the United States. I didn't know that at the time. And they said, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm just walking over here. You know, I didn't make a big deal about it. I just said, I'm walking. They said, are you hungry? I said, yeah. And I went in and they gave me a t-shirt and they gave me a ball cap and everyone was like getting on the social media and they fed me and the barbecue was fantastic, fantastic. They use a plant there called mesquite that they cook it and smoke it with. And so I don't want to hurt any of the trail angels out there that did uh, invite me into their homes. Your meals by far were the best. But if there's one that was memorable, it was that one on my birthday. Wow. Wow. Well, like even if you didn't mention the barbecue, it would have been a fantastic answer because that was that was beautiful. It was poetic. But now, God, I, I, I think I need to go to Texas. I need to find this barbecue place. I need to break my vegetarian diet. <laughs> um, look, it's been absolutely great. Thank you so much for, for all your, your time and your wisdom and your and your stories. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to catch up with you at some point in the near future to see how you're getting on with the APT. And as I said to you before, we even uh, started recording this. We're more than happy to, to help promote the, the, the project, uh, the conference, and to, yeah, to see this project through. And uh, hopefully one of these days, get it on to my C, the APT on Hiker. Yeah. And uh, anyone listening to this, this has just been a, a really great interview. Um, I, this has been uh, one of my favorite experiences oh. and I do a lot of these. So if you're out there listening, definitely check out this podcast. This guy knows what he's doing. It's great. Oh. I would, I, um, so just, you have my endorsement for sure. And uh, I hope also that um, people will, um, this will whet your appetite to learn more about backpacking. That's, um, and you can find me at any social media. Um, and then also learn more about the American Perimeter Trail Conference. And uh, there's a website, www.americanperimetertrailproject.weebly.com. And I don't know if you're going to post any of these links. Um, you will, yeah. Th and there was an article that just came out about me this week in Backpacker Magazine. So um, wherever you guys buy that, check that out. I'm in there. And uh, we look forward to building this trail. And I hope that you'll join me this summer. Um, I also have a Patreon. So if you want to learn more about hiking and backpacking, I will be there to help you. So you can find me there. And if you just for entertainment sake, want to see me backpacking this summer through some pretty dangerous terrain, actually, um, find me there. I'll share stuff with you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, many, many touch points. But yeah, absolutely. We'll be, we'll be posting all of the, the details, websites, social media channels, uh, all the information that, uh, that people can, can catch up with you. Um, but as I said, we, we will be keeping in touch and we will be chatting again really, really soon. 
Um, so best of luck with the with your re, uh, recuperation and, and no hiking. No hiking, just for Stay a little while. Home. Just, just for a little bit, maybe a couple of days, maybe yeah, a couple of weeks. Couple of days. Uh, just keep the speed up, watch <laughs> Netflix or something, or watch the, look at the window. Just uh, yeah, no hiking, and then get nice and strong so you can finish the APT. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you very, very soon. And make a trip to Ireland because uh, you know through our social media, we have people from other countries. But I, you probably know why, and we don't have to go into this now, but. Um, Many of the people are from Ireland. Most most people from a country outside of the United States that interact with us are from Ireland. So, well, yeah. maybe they're listening to us right now, and hopefully they are. Um, yeah, Drew, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Great, thank you. And there you have it, my interview with Rue McKenrick the founder of the American Perimeter Trail Conference. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, it's the first episode of season two, and we have quite a few interviews to get through uh, in this season. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear what you think. If you can give this a rating wherever you're streaming it, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, Acast, wherever you're getting this, we'd love to hear from you. Um, the APT, the American Perimeter Trail, is currently not on Hiker, uh, but we are in talks and we are developing this to be on Hiker very, very soon. So keep an eye out for that. So until the next time, thanks so much for listening. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy hiking. <laughs>